0: The church is not about, listen to me, it's not about materialism, it's not about God just trying to give you a better career, you know, it's not about all of that. How many know that the church at its core, when you strip it down, it is about evangelism. It is about reaching out. So this is something that we have to get very, very serious about. In fact, one of the things that I have come to, to realize, and I will say this, and I say this boldly, that if you don't have a conviction about actively sharing your faith, hear me, if you don't have a conviction about actively sharing your faith, your faith is broken. Your faith is broken. Now, not the nature of your faith. Because how many know that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith? And whatever whatever Jesus did, how many know he perfected us? I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about the application of your faith. see, in other words, we need to get to a point that when we talk about evangelism, how many know that we need to get to a point that we jump up, scream, and holler, just like God gave you a breakthrough for what you were believing for, whether it was a car, a house, or healing. Come on, somebody. Oh, y'all not with me. Come on, we got to get just excited about it, because how do we know that evangelism is the heart of God? I mean, you, you, you want to know where God's heart is. God's heart is in evangelism, reaching the lost. That's what it's all about. And if you think church is anything else, you've been duped. And how many know that we've had some help because we had some folks that are standing behind pulpits, and I, and I will say this, we haven't done a good job with, with rallying the church around the core values of what the kingdom of God is really all about. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? And so we need to focus on this. How many know that our church growth, how many of you want our church to grow? Come on, let me see. you. Come on. No, 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 no. How many, I wonder, how many of you want your church to grow? How many of you want to see this place filled up in Jesus' name with new believers for Jesus? How many of you want to see new disciples? How many of you want to see them running outside the door? How many of you want to be working the parking lot? How many of you, really believe, how many of you want that? Let me tell you something. God wanted, and it's most important to him beyond everything else. You hear me? Evangelism is the heartbeat of God. So three points I want to share with you today. And then I'll get you out of here. The First point is, we'll talk about the call to share our faith. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about the importance of local ministry. And thirdly, we are going to talk about serving with an evangelistic focus. Now let's talk about the first one, the call, the call to share our faith. In Luke chapter 19, verse number 10, and it reads, The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. All right? The Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek and to save that which was lost. How many know that was Jesus' mission? That was his focus. Jesus' mission was to come and not just to help people get a better career, not to make people feel better about themselves. Not saying that those things are not important. But Jesus' number one mission, listen, church, was to seek and to save that which was lost. And how many know if that was his mission? How many know that is our mission too? How many know that Jesus is not physically here? Who did he leave here to carry on that work? The church. We're it. So the Son of Man, Jesus said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. In other words, that was the whole reason for his coming. How many know Jesus demonstrated this time and time again? I have a couple verses for you to look at in Mark chapter number 2, verses 15 and 17. So I want you to kind of see as I read this passage of Scripture how Jesus really was evangelistically focused in everything that he did. In Mark chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, are you there? Say amen. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house. That many tax collectors, now you got to understand that tax collectors in those days were some of the, the worst people, you know, they, they were hated because they were thieves, they were ripping people off, and if you were a tax collector, nobody liked you. It was probably the most abhorred, uh, uh, um, the most abhorred uh, uh, job that you could have. Now it happened that as he was in Levi's house, that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many. Everybody say many. And they followed him. So I want you to see Jesus is in this place, and there's a whole lot of sinners that are coming down, and they're following him. And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eating, watch this, church, with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? You you see the mindset that they had? Y'all see what they had? See, they didn't understand what what Jesus was trying to accomplish. When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician. Watch this. But those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, come on church, but sinners to repentance. How many know that if we're going to call sinners to repentance, how many know that we need to position ourselves to minister? Are are you hearing what I'm saying? So we have to position ourselves. Now, I would venture out to say this. That most of us don't have a problem being around sinners, for the most part, unless you're running them really, really holy, holy, sanctified Christians that don't want to have anything to do with sinners. Most of us who are God-fearing, who love God, we really don't have a problem being around other sinners. But here's the problem that we have, oftentimes, is preaching the gospel to them. Come on church, let me put it to you this way. How many know that when Jesus, when he was around other sinners, when people were around him, how many know that, that, that Jesus had a goal to preach and lift up their lifestyle? How many know that he wasn't, listening? Jesus wasn't hanging around with sinners because how many know he didn't want to affirm what they were doing? How many know he didn't want people to think that what they were doing was okay? But Jesus was there with one purpose in mind. He wanted to open their eyes so that they could see that they needed a savior. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, sometimes we like hanging around sinners, but it's not for the same goal. Sometimes we like hanging around sinners, let's be honest, because we still like the sinful atmosphere. Oh, y'all don't want to hear me. Y'all don't want to preach. Sometimes we hang around sinners because it feels good. It feels nice because it's still something that we like to do. But how many know that when you have an evangelistic focus, you're positioning yourself with the purpose of reaching them for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you hearing me? Not just, listen, listen, I'm not hanging around sinners just to sit back and affirm what they're doing and make them feel good about their sin. Are you hearing me? We are called to lift them up. Come on, everybody. Say, lift them up. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. So, so, hear me. It's not just about hanging around sinners. See, how many know you haven't, listen, if you're just hanging around sinners, you haven't done them yet. How many know It is about looking for a window of opportunity to share the good news of the gospel. How many know this is what it means to be evangelistic centric—that you look at every opportunity to reach the lost. How many know that's what Jesus did? So let's get it. So let's get it straight. Jesus hung around sinners, and how many know you need to be around sinners if you're going to reach them? Come on, let me let me. Come on, y'all got to help me preach this morning. How many know you got to be around sinners if you're going to reach them? But the goal is you ought to always be thinking, how can I expose them to the reality of Christ? That's what it's all about. Because let me tell you something. If you don't, then all you're doing is hanging out, having a good time, and in some cases, feeding that old nature which needs to die anyhow. I'll clap if you don't want to clap. i clap myself. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. John chapter number four, the woman at the well. Y'all remember her? I don't have time to dig into it, but you remember here's this woman. She's coming to get some water. And how many know the Bible says Jesus was there waiting. He was just chilling, and and, and the Bible says that. And when the woman came, Jesus initiated the conversation with her. Come on, how many know that that if we're going to win people to Christ, we got to initiate. We can't just be sitting down. Come on, church, hoping they show up, just hoping that things will fall in line. How many know you got to take some initiative? Come on, if we're going to win the loss, if you are really passionate about this, if you really care about what God cares about, how many know we need to initiate? See, that's what, that's, what we've been, that's what we've been talking about. Serve is really about we're going to take the initiative. We're not going to sit back. How many know Jesus positioned himself, and he saw that woman, and he took something that she was doing, and he began to set her up, so that she could understand that she had a greater need. How many know that we need the community need to see that they have a greater need? They need to see that it's not all about the nine to five. It's not about kids' activity. It's not about all of that. How many know they need to see that they need a savior? Come on, somebody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So here's this woman. Jesus says to her, he goes, give me a drink. Now, the one who is living water, come on, church. He says, give me a drink. How mean you know that was what I like to call in fishing terms? I'm not a fisherman, brother. He fish. That's what I call bait. Everybody say bait. Because once that woman, because once she responded, Jesus said, "Give me a drink." All, all of a sudden, they get into a conversation, and Jesus would break it down and said, "Woman, let me tell you something." I got water to drink that you know not of. In fact, if you drink this water, you will never, ever thirst again. And she said, oh, whoa, oh, oh, please, please give me that water. I thought you never asked. I am that water. And, and before you knew it, that Jesus was in a conversation with this woman and something that, was, that started with a simple give me the drink, Turn into this woman confessing all of her sins, talking about the five husbands she had. Come on. Her getting a revelation about herself, and then all of a sudden this woman realized that he was the Christ. And at the end of it, this woman, the Bible says that she goes around preaching to everybody, you need to come see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Come on, isn't that amazing? But how did Jesus do it? I mean, know I mean, we got to do ministry like he did it. He just looked for an opportunity. He was there, and he had an evangelistic focus. See, what I'm trying to get you to see is this. There are many opportunities for you to share your faith, but, but here's the problem. You are so bogged down with the cares of this life, you don't see it. The devil has looked, the devil want to keep you so busy that you don't see where God is working at. This is why I think that a lot of times we're not in the same place where God is. Because how many know that evangelism evangelism is the heartbeat of God, that we need to be thinking about it all the time, all the time. We need to be thinking, Lord, 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 give me an opportunity. God, I'm going to this. Lord, they asked me to go to this party today. I really don't want to go, but Lord, I'm going to go, and I'm going to believe that I'm going to impact somebody's life with the gospel. I really don't want to go to this, this situation. I don't want to go to this game. I don't want to go to this concert. I don't want to do it. But I'm going to do it because I'm believing that in the process, somebody's going to get help. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? So, so there, there are opportunities that are out there all around. Jesus said this. He says, go into all the world, Matthew chapter 28, and make disciples. Look at look at let's look at Matthew chapter 28. let Let's look at a couple of those verses. Um, actually, starting in verse nineteen in Matthew chapter twenty-eight. He says, "Go." He said, "Go therefore and make disciples." Watch this, church. He didn't say converts. He, what did he say? He said, "Go make what." All right, y- y'all with me? How many of you know that Foundation Church? We're about making what? You see, see, converts oftentimes. <laughs> They're not making a difference because they're not kingdom focused. How many know that there are a lot of people that are, you know, are probably or may be saved, but that don't mean that just because they're saved, they're disciples? It doesn't mean that they're really trying to obey and to follow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So watch this. So he said, he said therefore, look, he said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Now, how many know this is a call to all the church? This ain't a call for just Pastor Bailey. It ain't a call from a man or a woman that stands behind the pulpit. I mean, no, this is a call for all those who call themselves believers in the kingdom of God. Listen to this. He says, now, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, watch this. All things. Everybody say all things. That I have commanded you, and lo, I will be with you always, even till the end of the age. And so how many know that when Jesus talked about discipleship, how many know that 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 signals a radical life change? How many know discipleship is about a life change? Jesus said, go and make disciples and teach them to obey. How many know that we have a right to call, especially if you call yourself a believer? Now, let me just make sure. How many of you are believers in the house? Amen. Come on. How many know that we as a people, watch this. We as a people have a right to challenge your lifestyle if it ain't right. Oh, come on, somebody. Y'all don't. Want, how many know that? That listen. We we are called to hold each other accountable as believers. You're not. You're, listen. You're not solo. God didn't make you, you ain't the only one on the planet He said, how many know you are connected to a body, and how many know that if you're connected to my body what you do affects me y'all now listen to me see when a preacher acts up and he's, he's committing a doctrine, fornicating acting crazy, I get a little bit upset about it, you know why? that hurts my message, well you know I don't want to go because you know that pastor over here, how many know that we are tied one to another Oh, y'all, y'all, don't, y'all, y'all are not ready for this this morning. I can tell. See, we're called to make disciples. We're called to go into all the world. This is the mission of the church. We're called to do this. Look at your neighbor and say, say we're called. How many know you got to be ready? How many know you're called? You got to be ready. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Look at this, church. It says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Everybody say, in your hearts. And always, always, what does always mean? You guys did it again. And always be ready, look at this church, to give a defense to everyone. What does everyone mean? The Jew, the Muslim, the black, the white, the Spanish. Say everybody. To everybody. everybody. Yeah, I know I was going there. That's one, of, that's one of my favorite things. All right. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So sanctify means, watch this, to live a holy life from your heart. That's what it means. He says sanctify the Lord God in your heart. In other words, how many know holiness begins from within? Let me say that again. Holiness begins from within your your heart. See, a sanctified life begins with a sanctified heart, which simply means I have been set apart by God. How many know that the people need to see that you have been set apart? How many know that if people can't see no difference between you as a Christian and the world, some ain't clicking? Some ain't right. Because how many know that when you get saved, something's supposed to happen? There ought to be a sanctification, something in your life that somebody can say, brother, you, you, you know, when, when I came into the kingdom, I lost a lot of people. I mean, I had friends, man, that I hung out with in college. And let me tell you, we did some dirt. Now, don't y'all try to act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Well, huh, some of y'all know some of y'all still fooling with something. Okay, let me keep on preaching. But, but but I did my dirt back in the day. And let me tell you, when, when I got it right with God. I mean, I, got the, I mean, they kept calling me because they thought that I was going to snap out of it. Oh, man, you're just going through a phase. Brother, I gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> hey, brother, you want to go to the club tonight? No, brother, I gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> hey, brother, you want to go drink, get drunk? Oh, brother, I gave my life to Jesus. Oh, you want to go hunt down some girls tonight, man? They, they got them wings. Thursday night wings, 7 o'clock, man, all free. Come on, bro. Nope, I've been saved. I ain't going there. You know why? Because I've been changed. I didn't say I was perfect, but I've been set apart. And when you have been set apart, everybody will know it. They will know it. They will know it by your life. How many know you can't hide the light that is in you if it's in you? Come on, somebody. Oh, watch this, church. How many know we need to be ready? He says, be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you with meekness and fear. How many know that is what Wednesday night really is all about? It's making you ready. You said that you're serious about evangelism? You said, man, you, so you want to win uh, people to Christ? You're saying, man, I want our church, man, to, to really grow? Let me tell you something. The church is going to grow through evangelism. That's why our church is going to grow. How many know we can't keep ignoring the elephant in the room? Come on. We want to do everything but but we just keep ignoring the elephant. You're going to have to open your mouth and you're going to have to engage. Ain't that what Jesus did? Isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't that what the disciples did? How many of the disciples just didn't sit up in the upper room and stand in there and prayed and hope they come? Come on, somebody. What did the disciples do? They got up, they got filled, and they got out in the streets. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? As I said earlier, the, the church got the wrong, the wrong focus. See? It, it, it's not about, it's not about what, 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 you know, some folks. Let I me mean, know that, you know, a lot of times folks come to church, and here's, here's the way you look at church. Man, church is designed, you know, I need to go to church today yeah, because I just need to get a good work to help me make it through the week. Now hear me, hear me. Don't, I don't want to lose nobody. Y'all stay, you stay with me. Say amen. Man, man, you know, I'm just having a tough time. man. I just, I just need somebody. I just need to get an encouragement, man, because it's going to be a strong week. I, I, just, need, I just need a blessing. You know, I just need God just to really, really help me. L- listen, and, and I'm not saying that God wouldn't do any of that. But can I say something to you? The church is not about that. The church is about you being equipped. This is why, listen, when I get financially challenged, this is why I don't trip. You know why? Because for me, it's all about the kingdom anyway. Jesus said, watch this. He said, he said, seek first the kingdom, and all of these things will be what? Added unto you. So listen, how many of you right now, listen, by showing how many of you are having a tough time? Come on. Financially? Come on. Raise your hand. How many of you have a tough time relationally, emotionally, just having a tough time? Let me tell you something. Here's what you do. Go preach the gospel. Find somebody. I'm going to tell, tell you, because then you get at the heart of God when you do that. Go find somebody. When the devil starts messing with you, you say, okay, devil, that's it. I'm out. You didn't ticked me off now. I'm going in the street to preach to somebody. If I got to text them, if I got to get on the phone. But, brother, I am not going to sit here and be depressed. Come on, church. Tell me, I'm not going to sit here and let the devil put all this junk in my mind. I'm going to take it to the streets, baby. Devil, you done got me mad now. I'm going to preach. I bet you that devil will jump off of you real quick. This is why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. He said, see, everybody else is worried about stuff. You ain't How you many know God will provide for you? You don't, you don't, God, you don't need to worry about your stuff. Worry about the kingdom. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. That's why, listen, I don't have hair, but it ain't because I, don't, I, 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 I was worried to death. I don't have hair because I decided to, that's I decided to shave it off. See, some folks are bald because they're, they're worried. You're frustrated. But how many know Jesus don't want you worried? He wants you preaching. He wants you equipping. He wants you sharing your faith. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to share my faith. See, the church will never reach its full potential until it gets serious about sharing its faith and about evangelism. Second point. Oh, boy, I got to run. Second point. Local ministry. Let's talk about that for a moment. How many know that you have been sent? Matthew 15, 14 says this. Listen to this, church. I want you to listen very carefully. But he answered and said, Jesus said this, I was not sent except but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, understand that Jesus' goal was always the world. Y'all hear me. But from a practical standpoint, when he came, God positioned him in a certain locality around a certain people so that he could do what? So that he could reach them. Are you hearing me? How many know that what Jesus didn't just land, What Jesus landed up, landed, how many know he, he just didn't stumble there? Come on. How many know it wasn't an accident? Oh, Jesus just, you know, it wasn't like he just kind of, you know, just flopped there. He, he happened to be over in Israel, over in the Middle East among the Jews. How many know that God planted him there? How many know that as Jesus was sent, we too have been sent? Jesus said it this way. He said, as my father sent me. Now, understand that when when Jesus was sent by the father, Jesus was sent in that locality amongst those people to reach those people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when Jesus was planted there, he didn't just sit and say, you know what, I'm just going to wait until I I go someplace else. You know, I got a mission trip that is planned next year. I'll wait till then. How many know that Jesus, where he was planted, he ministered? How many know that God called us to minister where we've been planted? How many believe that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord? God said to Jeremiah, he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Come on, church. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nation. How many know that you have been predestined? You are, listen, God already made up his mind about some things about you before you ever came on the scene. How many know he's an amazing guy? He's a Jeremiah. He's a Jeremiah, before you even show up, boy, I already set you apart to be a prophet to the nations. Psalm one thirty nine sixteen says this: Our eyes saw my substance yet unformed, and in your book they are all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them. I said all those verses to say this so that you can catch it and understand. You have been sent by God. Your life is not an accident. You may not know where your next days are going to be. You may not even know where you're going to be in another six months, another year. But, but how many know? But you what you do know today is that you've been sent right here where you are. So how many know we need to get busy wherever God planned us? And, and come on, how many know that God has God, how many know God believes in local ministry? Jesus did it, did he not? Jesus Jesus was planted there and he ministered right where he was. And how many know that we have been sent to do the same thing? See, see, I believe according to and listen, I believe that 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 all ministry starts first where you are. See, I never see can can I talk? Can I can I really talk y'all this morning? All right. So I got no problem with going on a missions trip. How many of you have ever been on a missions trip? Missions trip is great. I, I think it's a good thing to do. I think it's great to go places where the gospel is not being preached. That's what we're supposed to do. But, you know, but I got a problem with somebody who's getting really, really excited. They say, I'm going to go on a missions trip. I'm going to a mission trip. But then they don't open their mouth where are they at. I'm like, how many know that America is a big mission field? How many know we we don't share our faith here? How many know you're only going to get good good at sharing your faith when you practice doing it? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I don't have a problem with you going on the missions trip. Go for it. But 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 do 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 all of us a favor. Won't you start where you're at? I just had to do that. I had to get off my soapbox. See, Acts 1 8 says this but you will receive power. Who wants power? He said, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. There it is, and in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, if you if you look at that geographically on the map, it's exactly the way it is: Jude, uh, Jerusalem, and then right after J- Jerusalem, there's, there's uh, Judea, then after Judea, there's Samaria. You follow me? Jesus, Jesus did ministry from the inside out. Are, you, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? In other words, he started right. Where he was. How many know that God has, how many know you, you have been sent? You know, one of the things, listen to me, Christians must stop living, listen, we got to stop living our lives as though it's an accident or random chance. We must live life as though we have been sent. How many know that when you live like you have been sent, there's purpose attached? Because you've been sent. See, when you're on assignment, you're not just showing up. You've been sent. You've been sent by God. So if I have been sent, then I'm on a mission. Look at your neighbor and say, you better be on a mission. Because <laughs> we, we've been sent. We've been sent by God. We've been planted. And I believe in this, as I, as I scale this community, how many you know that God planted Foundation Church? And, I, and I, listen, if, if I can do this, indulge me. God so loved the world that he placed Foundation Church in the middle of Stafford County to tell all the world and that community about Jesus Christ. How many know that God's planted us here so that we can preach? Not so that, listen, not to become stale and stagnant. As I said before, a church that is inward focus is a church that is stagnant. It ain't going no place. See, part of my assignment today, God said, you got to get them looking outside. Because if a church is not, if a church is inward focused, it's starting, it's dying, it's on the decline. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? So, so, so it's about it's about out there. God has planted us. We've been sent to this community. How many of you believe that God sent you here? I'm going to see your hand. I mean, how many of you believe? How many of you believe God sent? He sent you here. Well, Pastor, I don't know. I'm unsure about it. Well, what you do know, you're here, <laughs> and how many know God is sovereign over your life. And how many know God is directing you every day? How many know that you can stumble into what God wants without you even knowing it? I see, I don't see, me personally, I just believe because I pray and I seek God. How many people pray and seek God? So I believe this, that every one of my steps are ordained of God. I don't believe that where I show up is an accident. Wherever I go, I'm preaching, baby. It doesn't matter. I'm preaching. I'm going to make a difference. So lastly, let's look at serving with an evangelistic focus. This is John chapter 6. Verse 27. Look at this verse. How many know that as we meet the needs of people in our community and as we serve them, which is so very important, but how many know that they need to see that Christ is attached to what we do? You know, there's a lot of good para organizations out here that are doing great things for people in our community. There's United Way. As I can think about, and there's a whole lot of other great organizations that are doing amazing things, that are feeding kids all around, and I think it's all great. Hear me. I think that's good. It's a good work. But let me tell you something. But how many know that people's, the greatest need that people have is salvation? Are you hearing me? The greatest need that people have is not a hamburger, not a hot dog, and not a sandwich. The greatest people, the greatest need that people have is Jesus. Because how many know that you can give them all the sandwiches and the clothes that you want? And that's good. We should do it. God called us to do it. Are you hearing me? We ought to care about the poor. But how many know if we don't point them to Jesus, we've done half the work. We haven't done much. We've met a physical need, but the most pressing need is the what? The spirit. Are you hearing me? Jesus, how many know that Jesus, Jesus was smart? Jesus knew that there were a lot of people. How many know Jesus wasn't, he wasn't blind. He knew that there was a lot of people, hear this, he knew that there was a lot of people that was following him, watch this church, just because of what he could give them. Y'all understand that. Come on, everybody, look this way. Come on, look this way. Jesus knew that a lot of people followed him, not necessarily because they were thinking about their soul, but because Jesus said, you follow me because you ate. You saw the loaves, and, and you come here because you're hungry. But then, so Jesus, he spoke to them something that is very powerful, and I hope this resonates in your spirit. He said in John 6, 27, he says, Do not labor for the food ever. You know, you should write this verse down. Remember this verse. Because some of us are really passionate about helping the poor, and we should be. But here's what but I want you to But look at this verse. He says, Do not labor for the food which perishes. How I many know the food perishes? But for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, watch this, because, uh, because God the Father has set, his, has set his seal on him. So Jesus says, here's, here's what Jesus' message was to all of those folks who don't have salvation, all those people who don't know him. Here's what he was saying. He said, you know what? He said, listen, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to bless you. But you know what? Don't labor for that, because at the end, you need much, much more than that. I mean know, and I want you to look at this sign here. As we go out and we serve, we said that this year, this is what we're going to do, Foundation Church, we're going to go on the map, and we're going to serve like crazy this year. But this is why I said to everybody in here, I said, I said, one of the things we want everybody to do is buy their, I said, we want everybody to buy their Foundation Church t-shirts. Now, why did I say buy Foundation Church t-shirts? Because sometimes you may not even have an opportunity to really share the gospel with them. Maybe you just got to drop something off. But how many you know if they happen to see that yellow shirt and it says something about church, how many you know that's a reference? That's, how many you know that we preach the gospel here? Come on, church. Help a brother out. We preach the good news of the gospel here. Am I right about it? And so, and so how many you know that, that people need to see somehow, whether it's a tract, or somehow, whether it's some, they need to know that Jesus loved them. How many you know it's all about Jesus? It's all about Jesus, and Jesus has to be in focus. And so as we go out and as we serve and as we give, we want to do that, but the, most, the best gift that we can ever give anybody is the gift of Jesus. Give them food, give them clothes, bless them, but how, how many know we need to give them Jesus? Amen. Amen. If you receive that, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed as the music is playing. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just love you so much, Lord. Father, I'm not really sure if I was able to convey, Lord, as it needed to be, Lord, but I thank you, Lord, that you are speaking right now to the hearts of your people. God,